three, two, one. Frozen, how are you? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm really good. I'm I'm uh, super excited to to have you on the podcast. I'm not gonna lie, I'm all I'm almost. I don't want to use starstruck, but I've been following <laughs> you for for a little while, and I'm super happy to have you on because uh, I was a huge fan of your through hike. I really enjoyed your AT through hike vlog, and um, so I'm Thanks, happy man. that that you're on, so we can so we can talk about this. Um, but before we before we jump into anything, though, uh, I believe that you've brought a beverage of choice with you. Oh yeah, my favorite Delirium Tremons. How about you? <laughs> I I've got just a good old MGD here. Okay, uh, hey, that's uh, old school. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Just a just a right. classic. Now here's the deal. Here in Canada, I don't know if it's me, or I I've tried looking for Delirium beer around because obviously you talked about it so much and i've never managed to find any is it local to where you are or i mean it's obviously an import but uh I, yeah i can get it right at the beer distributor for it's uh it's a, on a hefty price but it's just it's so good you know what kind of beer is it <laughs> it's a it's a like belgian it? wheat real real heavy okay. i think nine eight point five percent so yeah <laughs> worth worth it's drinking. like four That's mgds good. all in one yeah <laughs> It's okay. I brought a second one, so we're there good. There you go. Perfect. You can catch up. <laughs> we'll level up eventually. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. How's, uh, how's the whole COVID uh, situation been uh, doing for you? You know back what? Home? I, I actually like working at home way more than I like, you know, driving into work and sitting at my desk all day. Who, you know, who, who would have thought, right? Um, the, I think the hardest thing about working from home is teaching my stepson who's in kindergarten. That was, I was struggling with his kindergarten schooling more than I was with my entire 1,000 servers that I manage at work. It's, <laughs> kindergarten is really hard. <laughs> yeah, well, so, so I have two kids, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, a seven and an eight-year-old, so they're grade one and two. And I've, we've been homeschooling for the past three months. Not going to lie, it's summertime now. We, we just can the rest of this. <laughs> Usually it ends like June 20th, but now we're like, okay, it's summertime. Yeah. But, um, and it's... It's been challenging the whole homeschooling thing because, well, because I'm not a teacher. <laughs> right, me <laughs> <You know>? either. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise, yeah. right? So, so trying to understand how they're learning and how, you know, you should be teaching them and not get frustrated as well, right? So it's, uh, it's certainly a challenge. So, so he's in kindergarten, so he's five? Uh, six, yeah. Six, mm-hmm. yeah, and he probably doesn't understand the fact that you know you need time to work. He, you need time for him. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> nope. It's uh, you know, Jason. Can, what is this? My middle of a you know, Zoom meeting with twenty-five people, you know, leaders <laughs> management meeting. I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> but you know, everybody, everybody's having that problem right now. So I think, I think people get it. There, this is. Yeah. I'm so tired of hearing the new normal, but right now, this is just what we got to do. You know? Yeah, we're uh, we're reopening things slowly here. Like we're in phase two, so like some things are gonna start reopening. And I work for uh, I work in recreation basically. Okay. And uh, so our our pools and community centers and all that are all gonna be reopening. So I've been working really hard at kind of getting our beaches to open actually this summer. And all the rules and the the, the PPEs, right? The personal protective equipments. And you know what happens when a lifeguard does a, a first aid on someone, and they have to touch them. It's getting, it's it's certainly heavy, and and I feel you with the new normal thing. I I uh, I, I'm having a hard time accepting mm-hmm. it personally. I I just, I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, the whole mask thing, I just, I'm never going to get used to it. I, I, I hate it. I can't stand it, but, yeah. you know, I feel it's irresponsible not to. I don't know. Yeah, it's, exactly. a, it's an ethical dilemma, but yeah. No, it's, it's, it's hard, right? So I tried to, so far, you know, I have not had too much um, of an opinion on the whole thing. I don't think I'm educated enough to be able to have a solid opinion. I'm, I've just been trying to follow suit mm -hmm. with our, you know, you know, with our, govern like the people that are governing the the country and all mm -hmm. that but uh, yeah it's certainly it's it's a challenge for sure yeah, definitely <laughs> and uh, you work in the world of it right yeah yeah i uh, i myself did uh, computer science in college so did you did you do something like that as yeah well? i have my i have my uh my bachelor's in computer science okay right on with uh project project management emphasis is what i like oh. so a little bit mixture of the both so you don't get burned out yeah fair enough mm -hmm. so do you you said you manage you manage servers, right? So you you're not a coder. You're more on the network side of things. Oh man, I wish I was a coder because you know what, man, that's that's where the money is right now. Everybody <laughs> wants a freaking developer. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more. Um, uh, you want to run your your systems. You want to lock down your policies. You know, you want to manage users. Not like level one reset my password stuff. Yeah, yeah. The the higher level three stuff, but. Oh, right on. Yeah, I wish I was encoding, man. I'd love to go back to school at some point to earn the bucks, but, you know, family now. Who knows when I'm going to have time. I did coding myself. Okay. I hated it. I just couldn't stand oh, it. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how I managed no. to get out of, to finish school. Like, I just, by the time I, I finished college, I left on tour playing music. I thought I was going to become a rock star, and then, you know, life happens. <laughs> I did, too. I did, too. <laughs> well, yeah. you, you play right. a, good, a good amount of guitar, right? I used to. I'm really bad at it now. But yeah, we used to be in a band throughout college. We played like fire halls and made a little bit of money on the side. And yeah, I ended up with all the equipment. So it worked out for me in the end. Too. <laughs> and what was the style <laughs> you played? Uh, it was a little bit of rock. Um, we did some jazz stuff, which I was totally terrible out at uh, a whole bunch of cover songs. And I did some of my own original stuff, which was oh, considered cool. metal. Yeah, during your through hike at one point, uh, you were playing a riff in a, in a, in a hostel. And I was like, and I'm pretty sure it was Pardon Me oh, from yeah. Incubus. Yeah, it was Incubus. Yeah. And I was just At the station hostel. Like, yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> that's awesome. And That's what, my absolute favorite song, Pardon Me, Incubus. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, you know, the first song I've ever played live was Drive by Incubus in Grade 7. It's a great song. Great really song. Really good song, yeah. Yeah, yeah certainly. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so, yeah, Incubus is definitely a staple in my... Uh, in my mind as well um such a good band but uh, i thought because i i heard you play a couple of riffs a handful of times do you did you play more on the heavy side as well perhaps or yeah, you know what I, my my biggest downfall with guitar is i never learned really how to play without some sort of an amplified sound or distortion or a pedal you know what i mean so i'm yeah. used to just notes being held long and doing whatever i wanted with them yeah. switching to an acoustic guitar is just not my niche at all <laughs> but uh, so i was playing a little bit of everlast i think on that and incubus and i would just you know, just make up make up riffs chords and just you know i actually tried to teach uh one of my uh, tramley members lucky mm -hmm. how to do some and he actually picked up a guitar after he got back so i'm hoping he's doing good with that i haven't heard <laughs> about that that subject but i'll have to ask him where he's at yeah. now learning a, learning a new guitar a new uh instrument when you're older is mm -hmm. just so hard man <laughs> mm -hmm. i picked yeah. up a guitar when i was 10 
it was my first love. Like my first love was 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 music and guitar. Like I yeah. the the way I explained my musical career so because I was into pop punk and the skate punk scene and all that kind of stuff and um I didn't grow up listening to music in my house. It wasn't a, a thing really. Plus I I'm French Canadian as well, right? So so what was around was not maybe some of the popular American stuff, but I remember in grade six, Enema of the State, Blink One Eighty Two Eighty Two came mm -hmm. out. And that changed yep. my life. That from there on, that changed everything. Yeah, one of the songs we used to play was Adam's song. Yeah. I'm sure you know that one. Yeah, although easy, easy riff, yeah. yeah, easy riff. But he plays it with a with a guitar that's that's tuned way lower. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So did you have a guitar like that, or did you just uh, tune down? I've uh, I started with a six string, and then I fell in love with Corn, Cold Chamber, the yeah. neo metal songs and i just like i'm gonna get a seven string so i can play all this crap and so yeah i, I did kind of alternate my tunings for them yeah with that eh? yeah once you start like for the longest time i only knew the original tuning and then for me for because <clears throat> in the band and and you know as i played more and more i really was into writing songs that's what i was into plus yeah. i was the singer mm -hmm. in the band so so that's what i would do and then i realized that the half step down for me just matched my my vocal way better yeah and then and then after that i i learned about all the open tunings and that just like yeah. that's just a whole new world <laughs> mm -hmm. yep it really is <laughs> it really is man oh that's uh yeah music was a was a huge thing but uh yeah computer science too much sitting around i i um i work in rec now so i'm always on my feet just moving around and that's that seems to fit me better how do you yeah. handle the this so much sitting around <laughs> uh, i try to get up from my desk to you know get water go to the bathroom 80 times a day because i drink so much water but that's that's really that's really it try to get out on weekends as yeah. best i can in between projects and it's been nuts especially since i got back kind of yeah, was a constant reminder that there's people out there that just can't find time to get outside and you know i'm starting to be one of them i've been trying to get out for a long time is so is work um it, it then works that demanding for you then this this job is but is you it, know is, go ahead sorry oh i was gonna ask you is it fun though is it something you enjoy doing most days you know everybody has their own days where it's just like why am i doing this i should mm -hmm. be doing something more fun with my life but you know it's paying the bills right now it's uh you know it's funding a pct hike in a couple years five years you know, that, that's what I'm hoping on. That's what I'm banking on because I love the, the whole thru-hiking experience and I want to do it again. Yeah. Well, speaking of your thru-hike, man, um, I so I had never followed you prior to your thru-hike. And out of nowhere, on YouTube, you know how you log into YouTube, you have recommendations. Yeah. The day you posted your first AT thru-hike video, you popped mm -hmm. up there. Sometimes yeah. early March. I can't remember... I think, yeah, some mid-March, early March, somewhere around there. And every year, I kind of pick one or two guy or girl that I mm -hmm. follow because there's so many. It's just yeah, it's way too, really life, uh, yeah. too time consuming, right? Right. So I pick yeah. one guy. You happen to be there. I clicked on it. And uh, <laughs> like anything else, I think especially in the vlogging world, it's at least for me, most YouTubers that I follow, I always, even in music, I require a couple of listen for me to you know, to kind of get in the groove, the way you think, the way you present yeah, things. For sure. But once I'm hooked, I'm super hooked. You know what I mean? Like, Good. <laughs> that, that's one of my things. But it's like yeah. this from music, 
even books sometimes like or podcasts i'll listen to them a couple of times and i'm like okay yes i'm in or not and uh, just out of the blue like i said i landed on it and i really really enjoyed the way you particularly um i guess documented your your at through hike and one of the things that i think that you did very differently than than almost all the other ones that I've listened to, although at first, I remember at first, and this is going back already two years now almost, a year and a half. It's, it's yeah, a little ways yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like I'm, I'm going back. Yeah. So if I make mistakes, you, you just you just stop me. But at first, I, I remember you would say like, oh, I don't want to, you know, bother people with my camera. So you'd go more behind the, the shelters when you would vlog and right. all that. But then yeah. what you did uh-huh. so well, and that's the part I really enjoyed is not only did I learn about Frozen and Jason through his through hike, you really invited us as part of the tramley that you've created out there. That to me was something different. That was that was the thing that I believe that you did the best. Like I really cared for Lucky, for Togs, for Katmandu. At at some point, you you wanted to know about them, and I know that you had a lot of people asking in your comments about them as I well. I did, yeah. Um, how did that come about? Like, how did the Tramley accept you as a vlogger because I'm assuming some people must be annoyed, you know, with vloggers on the trail from time to time. Yeah, and that's what I really wanted to avoid because I, I saw some past vloggers and you could tell, you know, hey, this is this this person, he's hiking the AT because of this and this. And you could just see like, oh my God, okay, when is this going to be over kind of thing. And so I really tried, I did try to keep my distance. And if they wanted to be on, they would let me know through their actions, through their words. You know, and I wouldn't ever, like I would ask. I was like, hey, do you care to be on film? If they said no, that was it. That was good for me. But um, I know Togs was really, really shy to be on camera. And to the point where she would, I would start, she would be like, okay, film me. I would film her. And then she's like, no, okay, never mind. And it it was so funny how that happened. And she started opening up to it later on in the hike. But. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that all came about. I originally was just planning to solo the whole way because I don't like yeah. really hiking with people. I like camping with people, but not hiking is just what I do alone. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, me and Marika would meet up and we'd hike all day and just before we know it, we'd be at camp. It was just really a cool bunch of people. Yeah, because in your, in your evolution throughout that through hike, that's one thing that, again, I remember you clearly saying how some of the challenges that you were facing, like personal challenges, were was more about having having to be with people. You know, you got in the Smokies, you had to sleep in the shelters, mm-hmm. had to be closer. And, and you know, I, I myself, I'm, I'm a huge introvert as well. I, I you know, I can... You cold, can't cold tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you see, that that's the thing. I'm not shy, but I enjoy being alone a lot. Okay. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So so I'm not shy, but this whole COVID thing, it's been three months I'm stuck here. Now I have to go back to work. And I'm like, you know what? I really enjoyed being home. On my own. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that evolution from 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 you kind of getting used to uh, moving like that, how, you know, walk us through that that process, if, if that makes sense. What, going from introvert to open? Yeah, like, like, what was there any like events that kind of flipped the switch for you? That was like, oh, that's kind of cool, or was it just progression? It was okay. So when I met Katmandu and Lucky, they they were the two that I met really early on in the hike. I wanted to 
they're going to kill me. I wanted to get away from them. I didn't want to hike with them. <laughs> I just like, okay. Um, like, I, it's not that I knew that they, that they, that, or something they didn't know what they were doing. They, they knew exactly what they're doing. I mean, Lucky's a Marine. Katmandu's a big time hunter. Like, he, he know they know what they're doing. I just, mm. I felt like I needed to be out there to reconcile and figure stuff out that were going in my mind. And I didn't want anyone distracting me. And so I made a conscious effort to stay away, but I kept coming back for some reason. And ultimately, it led to what I needed to be around, if that makes any sense. It's almost like, it's so stupid, but it's almost like fate had it designed for me when I left for that hike to meet those set of people. Yeah. Have you, have you guys kept in touch? Uh... We have. We actually did a, a Zoom meeting a couple weeks ago with everybody. Cool. We, we have a, a Google Hangouts group that we constantly stay in touch every day. Um, mm. Yeah, they're like, they're like my second family still, every single one of them. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And for, for the folks at home, so Katmandu was the older gentleman with you guys, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and Lucky had that round hat. Is that correct? The cowboy hat. Yeah, he's a little the cowboy. cowboy yep. hat. Uh, Togs was the, uh, the lady from, was it Australia? Yeah, she was from Australia. She's a transplant from Britain. Okay, and then America was the guy with the big red beard, right? America, yeah. There you go. Yep. America. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so and and did they did they all have their trail names before you met them? or? Um, Lucky got his trail name by finding a $20 bill in a random place, running out of toilet paper, and then finding a full roll in a shelter. Like, it just kept happening over and over and over again. So, Catman, I think, named him Lucky. I think that's who gave it to him. Catman okay. Dew was from the Catskills, so that's that's where, and he's a, he's a doer, so that's where that came from. Togs is Australian for bathing suit. She carried her bathing suit the entire way and oh, tried okay. to go swimming in a body of water in every state, and she actually ended up doing it. Uh, and Murica, he's that. just the definition of Murica. You know what I mean? Like, um, there was two more that let that we met up with later. Resident Daddy, uh, he was at a uh, a bar with, and he's like 25, 24, right? He was with a bunch of younger people, like in their 20, 21, 22, and everybody was passing the ID to get a beer, right? And the waitress says, you're like the resident daddy. You're the oldest. And, every, and he looked and he's like, no, no. And they're like, yeah, resident yeah. daddy. <laughs> and then a farmer, he was a military, ex-military, and he had a farm. So that's why they call him oh, farmer. Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes that's yeah. A, a simple. And I don't think, I don't know if you've ever mentioned it in your through hike. And I didn't go back in your, you know, book prior to your through hike in your videos. How did you get your trail name, Frozen. Oh, so it's not even a trail name, man. I've been going by Frozen since high school, and it's a, oh, okay. it's a weird story. It was a, uh, a chorus class incident in high school. My hand slipped out a chick's shirt, and <laughs> grabbed her boob. <laughs> yeah, she said, she says, "Holy crap, you're frozen!" Instead of slapping the crap out of me, yeah, it was, it was weird. So it, that just stuck. Every time I came in the classroom, they would say that. It was my Xbox gamer tag when that came out. It was a website oh, okay. that I, it just, I just used it for everything after that. <laughs> I didn't know if it had anything no. to do with, uh, you are a cold sleeper from yeah. understanding. Yeah, I have cold and, feet. And then you, yeah. So I, I didn't know if it had anything to do with your story's way. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I get so tired of telling that story, but once people hear it, they're like, oh, well, I thought it was better, you know what I mean? But yeah. <laughs> Well, I, you never know uh, where people. I've yet to. Um, I have an old camp name myself, but uh, well, I haven't done any long trails or anything like that, so it's not like I have a 
a trail name quite yet, but Marty's been kind of <laughs> good yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, what made you? So, how old were you when you when you when you decided to to through hike the AT? When you had that first thought? Uh, I was thirty. Wow, I'm thirty-seven. I was thirty-four, thirty-five, I think, somewhere around there. I just okay. we had just uh, I just did a first. Um, I found out about it. Well, okay, so you you only you found out about the AT when you were about thirty-four. Yeah, yeah, when I was about thirty-four. And were you already a, a backpacking fan, or was that all new to you at the same time? Um, I had found out about you know I, I couldn't I couldn't believe that people walked <laughs> that far. And one of my dreams was walking 70 miles, right? I wanted to do okay. this place called the Laurel Highlands Hiking Trail, the 70-mile trail uh, in southern Pennsylvania, right? And I had prepared for a year, an entire year to do this. I was going to do it in September, and it was just going to be this super epic adventure. It was six days long, and I completed it, and I absolutely fell in love with the idea of you know, being out for more than just a weekend, right? Mm -hmm. uh, just just being alone on the you know after the third day you kind of just chill out relax and just enjoy everything and you don't really worry about anything you just keep moving and I just I yeah. love that feeling and so me and my buddy Gary decided to do a Minnesotan trail Superior hiking trail over 14 days okay. and after that trip I learned that I needed to work on some things like sleep uh, chafing and once I got all that stuff figured out I was like it's time to do the AT let's do it let's make it happen it took three years to save up, two years really uh, focusing on it, mm -hmm. and I made my dream happen. Wow, that's that's yeah. cool. So it's, it is a process. You don't just get up one day. And yeah, jump, you right? can't just. Most people can't. No. Yeah, 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 unless you're unless you're 20. I keep saying that to most people. Right. Had I found out about that when I was 20, I think I would have kind of probably i don't know if i would have been successful but i would have certainly entertained the thought a lot more but then you know i had my first kid when i was 23 and you know life just kind of happened pretty fast so, so yeah. for me it's um i can't say it's a dream it's something that interests me a lot and i w i really hope that one day i'll have that opportunity uh so it's kind of on the back burner if i don't get to do it man eh, i will have done so many other great things it doesn't matter but yeah um you know, I, I do entertain the thought that someday, because one of the things I do is I go camping a lot with my kids in the backcountry. That's really cool. That's, you know, yeah. canoe camping, portaging trips. Uh, right. Hiking is harder because they can't carry their, their weight yet. Right, um, yeah. Is, so so we'll do like a car camping. Like one of the places that we really enjoy going is uh, Mount Mansfield in Vermont. So, okay. so Underhill State Park, we'll, we'll, you can car camp there and then you can hike the mountain back. Which is, oh, okay. it, it's a neat experience because Mount Mansfield is above treeline. So it's, a, it's, you know, you don't, it's, it's yeah. a cool experience for the kids. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, so I like to think that, you know, maybe when they're, when they're a certain age, if they ever, if they continue to go out so often with me and they really enjoy the outdoors, if they do decide to do something like that, cause they'll be exposed to the idea of long hikes at a much younger right. age. If they do, mm -hmm. I would love to. Even if I can't get away from work for four or five months, to just you, you, I could easily take four weeks, right, and do that kind of yeah, stuff. So, right. so it's something that I keep at the back of my mind for that. It'd be so fun to share that with with my girls yeah. for sure, because we for sure the thing we love doing the most is going out together. <laughs> That's really cool. Start them young too. Get to get to plant the seed early and let them enjoy the outside. Yeah. That's that's sure. all they want to do. I mm -hmm. I just came back Good. from. A, that's all they want to do. I just came back yeah. from a five day portaging trip in the Algonquin Park. 
I like I, oh, I arrived cool. last night. It was it, it, they, the day it opened <laughs> for backcountry camping. I was gone with my buddies, and yeah. um, and when I told him, I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm leaving for you know for a few days. I'm going camping with Pierre and my buddies that they know." They're like, "What? I'm not coming." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> it just breaks your heart, man." But the, the the real challenge in in end of May, early June is the bugs, and the kids have no defense mechanism around that, so it's it's just too too dangerous. Oh anyway. yeah. Like, um, oh, yeah. and it's funny too with bugs because some people get bitten alive, like, and others don't like, and I'm, I'm one of those that they don't, they'll fly around me and they bother me, but I don't get like bitten like crazy. Charlotte, my oldest is like that. Rosie gets destroyed. I have like, it's one of the things I have to manage the most in the back country when I'm out with her is the bugs because otherwise mm-hmm. she doesn't I sleep. Gotcha. It's uncomfortable. It's uh it's definitely a challenge. Um, what was, um, so, so, so 34 found out about the, the AT, when would you say you started to officially be a backpacker? Um, I was a backpacker for a couple years before that. I've only been honestly backpacking for, I want to say six or yeah, it's gotta be like six years, maybe even a little less, but I just, I fell in love, I fell in love with it really fast. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's not like my family thinks I'm absolutely crazy. Like, where did this hobby come from? Like, you know, you went from guitar yeah. to literally hiking for four months. <laughs> it's like, what, what happened? You know, but I love it. Yeah. Hiking, hiking is so good. It's, 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 mm-hmm. you can also like, you know, there's this, um, you don't like, you hear that a lot with people through like that old through hike or long trail things like you know you get your trail legs and then you kind of get into the rhythm and and Mm -hmm. i myself don't have the opportunity to live for to leave for for that long but i do have a a decently regimented like training routine like and i run a lot so when i hit the trail i feel like i i in in some ways like i come so prepared for the trail that i that like you can land in in that cruise control mode right yeah and and once you get there it's it's a neat experience. It's hard to explain. Oh yeah. Well, I, I've been there too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for real. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the one thing for me, so the way I started is when I was 12, my dad brought me to the Adirondacks and that's kind of where I started the whole backpacking okay. journey. Yeah. And so, so for me, it's always been about peak bagging. And so I think, you know, I think that's why I never heard about the long trails really. Cause it was always like, let's go climb mountains or scramble mountains. Right. right? Right. <laughs> that was the only thing I knew about. And then mm-hmm. through this whole YouTube thing, uh, freak, I've, I've discovered so many cool things. Now it's like the world, <laughs> there's just so much to do. And which one do you pick? Right. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. What was, um, you know, as you, as you decided to get ready for your AT and all that, what was your, tr- did you have like a, either a training regiment or like, obviously you had to gear your, dial your gear in like what was that process over those two years well the gear was honestly dialed in i was very very satisfied with all my choices some people even said hey i was actually wondering if you were going to change out any of your gear and i had it i had it set just because i'm so i'm super picky about my gear if there's something bothering me i will go find the solution for it you know what i mean i'm like that guy yeah um i don't want to say i'm anal about it but i'm anal about it yeah (laughs) um (laughs) Yeah, so I had the gear dialed in even before I left. I made maybe made one or two swaps 
and those were for only you know weather changes. That was that was really it. Yeah. And that but was over the course of that, not though? just two. How did I how did I get to the point with the gear? Yeah, because that's one of the things I was gonna say is that you're one of the few that I've seen. You you barely changed any of your gear, like or maybe was it your even your trekking pole? You were taping them at the end, whatever was happening. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> oh, the carbon the carbon was breaking, and so I was trying to figure out. Okay, I need. 114 here and 103 here and then that'll equal the, the number you know for 90 degree angles in my hand but uh you know i'm the person that i'm just like everybody else i went up to rei i bought an oversized backpack a yeah. cheap sleeping bag you know i was carrying 40 50 pounds on my back my first trip and then i bought everything again after i learned it and then i bought everything again after that after i found out about cottage vendors and then i bought it almost all over again to dial everything down to the point where I was super comfortable because I do have some knee issues that are always lingering yeah. with me. Mm. So, and is that it just was a process. From, uh, and was the, is your knee issue from, from, from the eighth year or was that prior? No, that, this is prior. This was, I got hit by a car when I was in third grade and I think it has something to do with that because it's, it's that knee all the time. It's always my left knee. Uh, that and the fact that, you know, being in IT, I sit for eight, nine hours a day. And, yeah. you know, sometimes even on weekends I'm working. So, you know, I just got to get my butt up and stretch. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's my fault. I just, you know, yeah. I'm just tensed up looking at the computer screen the whole day. I, I mean, the listeners at home will, will hate me for repeating myself, but I, I was hit by a car as well about six years ago now, maybe seven. I was riding a I, I, I road cycle. And I got hit okay. by a car. I was going about 20 clicks per hour, so that would have been 0.6, I don't know, like 12 miles an hour for you guys, give or take. Okay. And um, and and I and and a car was stopped and they turned into me. So I didn't T-bone oh. them. They yeah. they ran me over because, anyways, Ugh. I had a green light and she was she must have been tired of waiting. It was traffic bumper to bumper and she just wanted to take a side road sort of deal. Yeah. So and that destroyed destroyed my lower back and uh, to a point that uh the best way to explain it was like it felt like i had done a thousand pound deadlift every day oh, that's geez. how that's how stiff my lower back was constantly and then i did physio forever and then through the physio helped like in the moment but it wouldn't be long lasting and then she said you should really look into you know yoga and uh, i hated yoga when i was younger because <laughs> just so much sitting around again like i just <laughs> it's too pilates calm. yeah so so what uh -huh. i did is i went on youtube and i and i typed in yoga and this guy yoga with tim came up okay and i think he's out in california and i was like i'll do one and i actually enjoyed it so i did a couple and a couple and and it it changed my life to a point where i have zero back pain anymore really zero back pain anymore and on top of that, it taught me so much about my body, and it sounds silly, but because I, I have like, you know, I'm 32 now. I've been training since I'm freaking like five. Like I was a hyperactive kid, so I was doing all the sports. My parents just like kind of pushed me out to do that. So I have my, my you know, my little tweaks here and there just because of over usage. And uh, my left knee is what bothers me, the inside of my left knee nowadays. Okay. Uh, that's really where, where kind of my one injury. But yoga taught me about understanding that if something pulls there 
I know that my, you know, usually when my left knee is flaring up, my either my left psoas, my right psoas will be will be tight, or my left hamstring will be tight. And through just a couple of routines, I can actually really work my way out hmm. of those pain. And um, anyways, I recommend yoga to so many people, and it, I'm, I was the first one to say I hated it. It's just you know, it doesn't move fast enough. Yeah, I don't understand it. But this yoga with Tim guy on YouTube. I really, really enjoyed what he does. And actually, because of my lower back, I don't have any pain on a day-to-day, but I still sleep on a, on a mattress. Like, I still sleep on the ground. I do want to move to a hammock, and I want to talk to you about that <laughs> eventually. So I do wake up with, with, like, stiffness in my lower back when I go camping. Okay. But I can, I can and I do manage it with, like, just a, just a couple of stretches in the morning that I've learned through, like, just a, a handful of sun salutation will, will just yeah. remove the stiffness for me. Stuff like that. So I don't know if you've ever tried any of that, but for me it was game changer. Game yeah, changer. I did a when P90X was real popular. Yeah, uh, I, guess. <laughs> I, I, I want to say a few years ago, back in the '90s. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 20, almost 22 years ago. Um, yeah, uh, Tony Horton. I was doing the, his yoga thing, but it was like an hour and a half long, and I was done with yeah. it after the first 10 minutes. So I never really tried it, but I found Pilates, uh, which is Kind of like yoga, but it's like really, really core. crazy. It, yeah, it's yeah. all core. Yeah. It's it's insane, and I like that. I just, I just, I didn't want to devote enough time to actually build that up because I'm lazy when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I'll be completely honest. Yeah, yeah but that's yeah. interesting what you say about the yoga. I'll have to maybe just force it's, myself um, to do it for like a month and see how it goes. And I, I, I push people towards yoga with Tim because I really enjoyed him. Okay. Uh, but uh, on, on on YouTube, but. The reality about any yoga teacher, in my opinion, online, first, the reason why I like yoga, Tim, is because they're 30 to 40 minutes. So they're not an hour okay. and a half Oh, that's long. good. So yeah. they're, easy, they're easy to commit to. And the most important thing I tell people is whoever you start following, just don't stop following them because you're going to get used to their, their way of explaining the, the flow, the mm-hmm. movements, and you'll have, you won't have to look at the TV all the time anymore after okay. a while. Because that's the part that people hate at first is like, you know, you're trying, you're in a down dog position. And you're you looking up trying neck, to see yeah, what the, right. yeah, what's the next move. Mm-hmm. So so just keep to whoever you decide to go with because you really get to, you know where he's going next. Because, I mean, they all have their styles, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, for me, it's uh, it's a crucial part of my, of my training regimen. I dedicate at least a day per week where I won't train other than that. That's what I'll do. And okay. I try to do it twice. If I can do it twice, I'm golden. I just, uh, I actually just ran my first marathon two weeks ago. Actually just, uh, when I was having, when Bryce was on, yeah, uh, your buddy Bryce, yeah. I was actually asking him tips. I'm like, man, I don't know. <laughs> we had the, the podcast on the Wednesday and the Saturday morning I was running. Right. Uh-huh. And he's, he's a marathon runner. Yeah. So he's I good too. Opportunity to, uh-huh. Yeah. To ask him a bunch of questions. And, um, that was one thing with my knee. I, I just like, I, to, to maintain the, the health of my knee, I had to do like two days of running, one day of yoga. That's kind of how I had to, to go. Okay. Cause otherwise it just, it just wouldn't work. Okay. And how, how far do you run? Well, a marathon is 26 miles. Oh, okay. So you're, you're, mar- okay. I gotcha. So, uh, so, uh, so my, so 42 kilometers, 26 miles. And my longest run prior to my marathon was 27 kilometers. So uh, six six miles is 10k for us. So 
12, 15, 16, 17 miles, give or take. That was the longest I had ran before I attempted the, the marathon, which I, which I succeeded. But uh, it was funny because my dad was there filming me and, and I'm running at the 27 kilometer mark. And I'm like, every step from here on are steps I've never taken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that feeling must have been there at some point through your through hike. I remember yeah. you telling like, I've never been out this long. What, what was that number? Uh, it was 14 days, so it beat beat the Superior Hike and Trail, and it was right after the Smokies. I think it lined up with Klingman's Dome, which was kind of cool. Which is the highest point, correct? The highest point on the trail, yeah. Um, yeah, I was so confused when I when you said that's the highest point on the trail. I always thought it was Mount Washington. Right, that's I what most people think. Yeah, it's just a it's a little <laughs> a couple hundred feet more, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the the scenery doesn't look like it's that high. No, because there's trees. It's you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it translates, but for me, like I said, every step after 27 kilometers were were new steps, mm-hmm. and and I'm assuming there there might be some parallel in the sense that those each of those steps were super motivating. Like you know, you're like you just want to push and see how much further you can go. But as well as you're constantly thinking, like, is my right ankle going to give out on me? Is my left knee going to give out on me? Like you're trying to keep your focus. Um, how, how does, like, how do you manage that? And now 15 days, you still have like, I don't know, a hundred left to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, to be honest, I was good. I was, I was really good up till about Vermont, which that's when I was like, can I do this? I I remember it wasn't Killington Peak because I didn't have a problem with that. It was going up, I forget the mountain, but going up to the Hexacuba Shelter. That was a hard day. Okay. Um, yeah. And that was, I think, a little bit before Killington Peak, which is when kind of the, whites, the white mountain range actually starts. But, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a scary feeling. Like, okay, I've come, whatever, 16, 1,700, 1,800 miles, whatever it is. Can I finish? Because now my body's starting to break down. It, it was really scary. But, you know, you just... And it's 2,300 miles, right? 2,200 miles. Yeah, roughly. 22. So, you're, God, you were so yeah. close. <laughs> but you get to Vermont, you're like, all right, it's just muddy now. And then you get to New Hampshire, and it's like, oh, holy crap, what is going on here? You know, it's like, it's nothing. The whole trail is nothing until New Hampshire. You know what I mean? New Hampshire, Maine, there's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what you got to watch because you start to get a little bit overconfident, and you keep you yeah. keep hearing people saying, "Oh, you guys haven't climbed any hard mountains yet," and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." And and for the most part, it's true. If you can make yeah. it there, you can make it the rest of the way. It's just, it's a more of a mental game, but the last two states really test your physical endurance for sure. No kidding. But at least you had how many other states to get ready for them? Yeah, twelve other states to get ready for. Them. Yeah. yeah, but but now you're worn down. Right. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where where you get to a pursuit in in, in any physical pursuit, and uh, you know my dad was was always like very close with all of my like my my sports and all that, and he would he he knew me so well all the time, and he would see me when I would get tired, right? And I yeah. still had to perform whether right. I'd be competing in taekwondo back in the days or basketball mm-hmm. or when I was running and and he he would always tell me it's like when when he saw me when he would see me kind of get really tired he says listen you would always tell me the same thing 
You know, your body knows what to do. The only thing you got to do is focus mm -hmm. so you don't hurt yourself, yeah. right? And and that's what well, that's what kind of keeps me going. Yeah. Same thing when I go climb mountains in the wintertime and I get really tired and I'm at the top of an exposed peak, yeah. like on top of Mount Washington. Yeah. It's the only thing playing in my head. Right. It's like, you know, you know, you know the techniques, mm -hmm. your body knows how to execute, just focus. Yeah. Just keep your focus. Yeah. Don't let it drift away. For sure. Yeah. And and you know, on long hikes, just like anything else, if you do any um, you know, if you for example, I, I was built I built the house here last year. You know, after a while of doing the same <laughs> thing, your mind wanders. Right. The hardest thing to do is to stay focused, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So so uh, I you know what was some of the stuff that going into your like through your mind, like when you get deep into that trail? I would say that you're just you're not thinking that it will ever end, and I don't know how to even explain it. Um, you look forward to the end, but you don't want it to end. If that makes any sense, like you're enjoying yep. the moment, you're enjoying the friends that you're with, you're enjoying the experiences you have. But you're still like, okay, if I just make it two more weeks, I will be able to touch the sign and I'll be able to relax. And then you're home for yeah. a couple weeks and you're like, okay, I'm ready to get back out there. You know, it's, a, it's like, <laughs> I've been trying to tell the uh, couple people that I'm following this year is uh, on the AT. It's like, yeah. make sure, like when they're starting to, you know, oh man, it's raining, I hate this stupid weather. Enjoy the rain, enjoy the snow, enjoy every single thing about it. Because when you get back to work, you're going to wish you were out yeah. there. For sure. Yeah, no mm -hmm. kidding. Yeah. That's right. I forgot you you had kind of helped or coached, I don't know what mentor two three two three through hikers. Yeah, right? and it wasn't it wasn't even a, a mentor thing. I just so my buddy Gary, right? He's he's uh my best yeah. hiking bud. Uh, he had hiked the trail a year before I did. And it was it was very easy and convenient for me to just ask simple questions like Okay, dude. In Marion, where Marion, you know, town, where do I go? What, where, what should I see? Should I even stop in Marion? Should I go to the next town? Just being able to bounce those ideas off of him made my hike way more enjoyable and a lot more relaxed. And that was what I was giving them. You know, I didn't want to yeah. tell them how to hike. I didn't want to tell them what gear to yeah. bring. They had all that. They knew what they were doing. But being able to ask someone that's been there before. Or maybe you're having an issue and you're just looking for advice. I was there to just, hey, you're doing a good job. Try this. You know what I mean? Just throwing stuff out there. And that's what I wanted to do for them. That's yeah. cool. That's really cool. That's the whole community. Yeah, exactly. Side of things. Do you, now, they were all, they, did they all get off trail? They did. Uh, during the they COVID? did. And they were all talking yeah. to me about it. Um, they were struggling with, you know, the ethical dilemma is, okay, well, I quit my job. I saved up all this money. This might not happen again. And they were getting hate comments, you know, from everybody on the, you know, and, and I don't know if that was the right thing to say to these people because most people don't understand what they just did to give up part of their lives. But then on the other hand, you know, you do what's right for these tiny, tiny towns that one COVID outbreak would destroy their entire population. And that's what people had to understand. Now, yeah. You know, some of it may have been blown out of proportion. I don't know. I'm not an expert. But they all chose to get off the trail. And Frosty and New Hampshire actually chose to delay their hike by a year, which, you know, I commend okay. them on doing that. 
uh, Wild on the trail, who's still on the trail right now, he got off and decided to go back out after I think three months of okay. you know doing quarantine, and he's still hiking. He just hit the 600, I think 80 mile mark at this point, so he's doing great. Okay, is it, is he still in the timing, the proper timing? Or? Yeah, he'll finish. Like he'll it, finish before uh, Katahdin closes up, and I think they're actually extending that a little bit. If I remember reading that somewhere, I don't when know. When does Katahdin close? It's sometime in October, maybe the mid October. Until just, when? Um, until, I couldn't tell you, man. Last year was delayed, so we didn't start seeing southbound hikers for, you know, almost until we were at the end of the trail. But it was delayed because so, of the snow and all this other stuff. Interesting, because so Katahdin is, is, is one of my bucket lists, yeah. speaking of peak bagging. And, and the, the challenge for me, it's like it's a solid eight hours away. Like, not Washington is five, and that, the next winter I'm going. And, and for me, like, I don't know if you, if you know this, but for me, the way I, I go about hiking or backpacking is for me, it's a winter activity Oh, okay. because where I live in the summer, I portage and I, and I canoe trip all the time because mm -hmm. I can throw a pebble in, in, in a thousand lake in a row if I wanted yeah. to, right? Mm -hmm. Like the Algonquin park, right, the yeah. wildlife reserve, like these, these, these are like world-class areas to do that. So, so, and, and I've always fell in love because my playground was always the Adirondacks. Uh, after a while, uh, probably when I turned 18, so from 12 to 18, I went a lot during the spring and the fall. Mm -hmm. But when I turned 18, the bear problems out there became so bad. Like, like it just like the in the summertime, the black bears, it's just like they're everywhere. Hmm. Right about the time that they enforced the, the bear canister. Yeah. And now it's like you can't go without it. Right. So that's when my, my cousin Guillaume was like, dude, that's because you're doing it in the summer. The game is to do it in the winter. <laughs> so then I got into really deep winter, like backpacking with like the ice axe and the big. Okay, that's really cool. And, 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 you know, and now you're carrying 40, 50, oh. 60 pounds constantly. Yeah, just to be safe. So yeah, heavy. right. Yeah, just to be mm -hmm. safe, right? And I fell in love with that aspect for a handful of reasons. Number one, there's no one on the trail. Yeah. You're always alone. Right. And the challenge, the physical challenge, and the, it's so technical, the backpacking. Oh, the yeah. Uh, I, it's very technical so that you stay safe. Right. I've dabbled in it, but I have a, I have a pair of snowshoes hanging up for you know one snowy day, but I've never been able to use them. We just don't get the snow here. I've always wanted yeah. to dive into that deep winter backpacking, but I'm not sure my knees would hold up. I'm always afraid to take mm -hmm. that that first challenge, that first step. Yeah, I I I I want to say so the, the 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 hiking might be easier on on your knees on fresh snow and all that. The challenge is is slipping off on a piece of ice mm -hmm. and having your knee kind of go sideways. Yeah. That's you know obviously, yeah. but honestly. I have the MSR Evo myself. That's what I have, the, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And and in my opinion, they're the best for mountaineering. That's my personal opinion. But I know that the ta the tubs are pretty good as well. But I I rarely ever step foot on the trail without my, my snowshoes on, even when it's already hard packed, because because it's crampons. It just provides traction. Mm -hmm. Do you have the fins on the in back? In the winter time, I I remove them. I never okay. bring those. Interesting. Yeah, I never bought yeah. them. So. I, yeah, I, I never bring – I do have them, but I never bring them. The reason why I don't like them is because they shift your, your center of gravity backwards oh, okay. or forward, right? Like it would be better if like there would be one at the front, one at the back, so you'd stay kind of in the middle. Mm. But then you would le lose the aggressivity of – because the reason why they're good is they're so aggressive. You can really climb on the mountain. Oh, yeah, the claws are huge on this. When you're, 
yeah, yeah, when you're when you're breaking trail, you can really you can really rely on them to hold you in, in fresh powder. So, um, so because I hike all the time in the snowshoes, I never slip off and hurt my knees or anything like that. The only thing though is that you know sometimes crampons stay stuck, oh. and that can also hurt your knees, right? So it's right. <laughs> it's all the back and forth. But I um I personally wanted to uh, to go climb. Uh, Mount Katahdin in the wintertime. I was always under the impression you were allowed. The, now the, you're seeing it's closed. I'm, I'm like 99% sure because they had closed it to southbound hikers and everybody was talking about how late they had to start. In fact, some people were even starting at the 100-mile wilderness, going south, and then climbing Katahdin after that. So, yeah. Okay. But, man, I'll tell you what. Katahdin, the view on the Katahdin beats Mount Washington any day, but I love, well, I love both climbs. Katahdin's very, very technical, and it was such a great, wonderful time. Um, but I really, really enjoyed the, the 20 mile or whatever it is, 16 miles up uh, to Mount Washington. I didn't like the view up there because it's so, like, commercialized, but, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's insane. Like, yeah. the popcorn stands, the hot dogs, and the train, and the people driving up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the, just the climb up to that last summit was amazing. Yeah. So. Well, I've never had the opportunity to, to see it, uh, like, um, like in the summertime, because I've only okay. climbed Mount yeah. Washington once, and in, like, it was January 2nd oh. when I was summited. Okay. But it took me four attempts, four oh. different days attempt. Oh. And the way it went down is that at noon every day, the whole, the like, blizzard, I, I, as soon as you would cross the tree line at noon, it would just be like, I was actually, the, one of the rangers ran up and, and said, you're, you guys are coming down. You're not going up. Like, this is insane. Wow. And, and that was in my early winter, winter, back, like, now I would know better. Yeah. But back then I was like 19. I was an idiot. <laughs> we all were. So, yeah, we all were. But, um. But it took us four days because what ended up happening is we're like, well, we're going to go sleep mid, mid mountain. There's a cabin there in one of the ravine uh, that you can pay uh, to sleep there. And people will, will go there to go ice, ice uh, climbing. Anyway, so we went there and then we woke up at like 2.30 and we climbed it for sunrise. Oh, okay, cool. And that's my favorite sunrise of all oh, time. That's really so cool. that was just like sunrise at the top of Mount Washington. Yeah. But it is, you know, you put, it's such a, 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 a demanding physical pursuit to climb Mount Washington in the winter time. Mm, I can imagine. And it's just, it, it, there's, you do like, you feel robbed a little bit when you see the, the buildings at the top. Yeah. If that makes no, sense. I know. Like, I understand your point. The pizza was good though. <laughs> I like the pizza. Pizza yeah. was good. Yeah. I never had to, I never got to enjoy this. That's cool that you're, you're, you're thinking of dabbling into the call it, deep winter or winter backpacking what's the winter like in pennsylvania where yeah, you're from it gets hit or miss the past couple years have seen barely any snow um i think we've had a white christmas maybe once in the past five years so uh, nothing nothing to get excited about i'd have to go north if i wanted to do anything but it gets cold right it gets like you know one yeah. two degrees fahrenheit so yeah, yeah it gets pretty cold yeah it it'll still be cold but uh probably rainy yeah, I would assume. Which is the worst kind of yeah, camping? So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not yeah. the best. You know, I hear. Uh, I'll. I'll. You know, I'll see all the. For some odd reason, there's such a huge Ohio, backpacking community right between the Shill <laughs> brothers know. and Bryce, and and then and then I'll hear about their winter stories, and I'm like, you know what? I although my winter experience 
involve more snow and all that, I think they're easier because I hate the cold rain that you guys like oh, <laughs> in not, the winter. Yeah. It, it, it looks so hard. Like it just because you get that chill right to your yeah. bone when you get wet and that yeah. cold, right? And, um, you know, when it's wet, you can't wear the, the you know, you, it's not like you can wear your full down nope. suits and all mm-hmm. that. So, no, it's uh, it's different. You want cold but dry. Right. That's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Under 32. <laughs> I hate hiking you... in 35, 32 degree weather because it's just miserable. So under 32 degrees Fahrenheit? Yeah, like, I think, especially if it's raining. So if it's raining at 32, it's yeah. freezing cold, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what's happening. Yeah. But, you know, at 20, it turns into snow, so it's more manageable. You just brush it off instead of it just soaking through. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me all the time because, like, for example, last February when I went to the Adirondacks, and that's the other thing, I only get maybe four big trips. And when I say big trips, like, I'm, I mean, like, intense trips where I don't bring the kids okay. along and all that because my wife and I have this deal where <laughs> – you can go camping, but you got to bring the kids all the time. Sounds fair to me, right? <laughs> which I absolutely, <laughs> yeah, which I absolutely love, but I do kind of manage to get away right. for a handful of time. And my winter backpacking trip is always one that I, in February, I go to. And we slept last February in the Adirondacks at minus 35 degrees Celsius. So we meet at minus 40. Right. Right. And people are like, oh, dude, are you freezing cold? And Oddly enough, because of, you know, over 15 years, you know, of, of slowly, you know, gathering gear and, and bettering my winter gear, I didn't get cold once. That's crazy. <laughs> I have a full, I have a full, like a, a North Face uh-huh. parka, like a, like a down jacket that's 850 fill, but it's, but it's filled, yeah. right? Like, it's not like the, 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 the ghost whisperer filled. Like, it's yeah, I would hope not. Five yeah. times the yeah. thickness of it. Yeah, <laughs> and I and then I bought myself this year a pair of pants that's just like that. So I look like a big Michelin, like the 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 uh, the the guy Michelin there, man. the, the, yeah. the tired guy Michelin, yeah, <laughs> right. <the> Michelin man. <laughs> and I have my down booties. Yeah. I am yeah. good to go. I get to camp. I go in my long johns. I go right into this, and then I I can hang out. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. So how far? Because. You know, Pennsylvania. So how far would go to would the Adirondacks be for you if you wanted to go for a weekend I think trip it's like or something? Uh, eleven hours for me. I know it's I know it's eleven mm-hmm. hour, or twelve hours to the whites for me. So I'm terrible with geography. But oh, yeah, yeah, it's it okay, sucks. It's, I live in a bad area, but <laughs> it's much further yeah. than yeah. I thought. Okay. But you you have the smokies not that well, far. Well the smokies so it's it's the the whites and the smokies are I'm about halfway in between them. Mm. Depending on what parking lot or trailhead that I park at, yeah. Okay. So what's what's so. your playground then? The just the AT through P- Pennsylvania or No, I won't I won't do the AT through Pennsylvania. I hate it. <laughs> <The> <laughs> I rocks. do. I can't I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I, any any other place no, I, I try to go. I love the Smokies first of all. I think I think that I wanna do every single trail in the Smokies. I think it's okay. one of the best places ever, but I don't really have a niche. I I've been trying to just get out on the East Coast area, like the you know the East side of the country, and just just kind of do that. But I also want to go to the other West Coast side now. You know what I mean? I want to start planning that stuff out and using a tent perhaps, and okay. you know getting ready for 
you know, seeing what I need for the PCT, because I'm assuming the gears is going to be completely different. Yeah, fair enough. You know? Now, speaking of tent, you were, because I, so this winter I bought the, the Xterm. That changed. Okay. Yeah, good that, that upped my game quite a bit for comfort level yeah. on the ground. Like That's a warm then, pad. And it's a super warm pad. And then right. I have the X-Lite now as well for the summer. I actually mm-hmm. came back with the X-Lite for five days in the Algonquin Park. And it was so warm. Like, I was barely, I was like, I had heard people saying that the X-Term is too warm for the summer. Like, you'll actually it sweat. Is. That's what I the think, The yeah. X-Lite, in the temperatures I was, I was like, man. Like, I had a minus seven down bag still. So, you know, and it was probably in the 40s for you guys. 40s, mm-hmm. 50s, I would say. Okay. And uh, I think the minus seven was too, I should have brought my zero. Uh, the, oh, I was wow. surprised at how the X light is warm, but uh, I had found out about the not. I had looked at some some uh, reviews, and you had done one on the Xterm. So you used to be in a tent. <laughs> oh God, you watched that video? <laughs> well, I, an old video. I just I just threw in <laughs> Xterm in YouTube. It came up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so you were in a tent once upon a time. Once, yeah, the first year of backpacking, I was at a REI quarter dome. Okay. Yeah. And then and then you moved to 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 a, a hammock. How did that like why and how did that happen? Um I would just always wake up with back pain and I would just literally stay awake. I felt like my back was just like this all night. Like I couldn't get that arc that back support lower back. I just mm. I felt like I was just, you know, like arching back like that and I would wake up just like Oh my gosh, you know, how would I do that? And so, you know, my friend had had a old Eno laying around and I was like you know what I'm gonna pick one up it looks pretty comfortable I laid in it for a couple hours fell asleep and I'm like all right I'm gonna get an Eno Mm. I slept in it very well and then I realized that you know they're kind of short for you know anybody over 4'11 at that point but (laughs) uh, I got a you know a 10 foot hammock and it just completely was a game changer for me you know was sleeping so that was the one time I was able to sleep throughout the entire night like even in my bed I don't get that consistent of a sleep so wow. it just it just changed my life for backpacking. It was just that was the thing that kept me going. And I think sleep is just so important when you're out there to recover everything. I agree. I uh, for me, if I ever go on a on a long trail, um, I I'll need to to figure something out because just for example, I was out for five days. I barely slept. And, yeah, it um, sucks. And I and I tell that to people because because I'm pretty honest about it. I'm like I to be honest, I don't. I don't sleep well backpack uh, like when I go camping, whether it's portaging or backpacking. And most people will ask me like, "Well, why do you go?" It's like, "Well, because it's worth not sleeping, but I <laughs> wish I could sleep better." Yeah. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because for me, um, I actually this this we did so much portaging. I have themes for each of the days. Once I pull them out, like I have one of the days is crossfitting the Algonquin. We <laughs> woke up with a five a four kilometer portage, and you're talking like. 100 pounds on your back between your your backpack and your and your your freaking uh, your canoe and and all yeah. that the gear right right and uh and uh and it just the, the amount of pressure i got on my traps from all of that hmm. i would wake up like four or five times a night where i'd have to go on my back for a second turn on to the other side because i'm a side sleeper i yeah, cannot I sleep on my back yeah and both my arms would be numb i would wake up both my arms would huh. be numb and i'd be like man and then I'm looking at my buddy Pierre, and I'm like, he's in his hammock, and I'm like, God, I'm sure it's better up there. <laughs> well, that's 
that's like I'm I'm a side sleeper in my normal bed, but in my hammock I can and I can't sleep on my back in my bed. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But I actually sleep on my back fairly comfortably in the hammock. Now I'll, mm. I'll toss around like a rotisserie chicken until I you know find that comfort spot. But typically I wake up and I'm still on my back. It's really yeah. weird. I don't know no, why it is. I need, Stretchy. I need to explore this. Well, the it cradles you a little bit the other way, right? Because I, you know, the feeling that you said that like you feel like you're arched back all the time. That's what I feel when yeah. I'm on my back, even in my bed. Like I, I, yeah, I, me I too. understand yeah. exactly the way you feel. Okay, like, good. The only I way it. I can make that happen in my bed is if I take my comforter mm-hmm. and I put it underneath my knees, for example, and I just raise yep. my knees. Yep. If that, that fixes that my happens, issue too, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. So, so I I know exactly what you're talking about, um, but when I saw you throughout throughout the AT, um, I mean I was not super familiar with hammock camping, but I, the only few people I knew about hammock camping they used they would use pads in their hammock. In the hammock. You went with a underquilt. Yeah. Now you know which one. Which one do you rec- have? You ever tried the whole pad thing? Or? Yeah, for a better half of a year, I was on the Xtherm. Actually, oh, uh, in there with the yeah, X-Men. yeah. I see. Um, in the Eno, too. For goodness' sakes, it was you know okay. it's really. I mean that that <laughs> pad takes up the entire Eno hammock. You know what I mean? They're small, um, okay. and even with you know you just super underinflate the pad. You don't you don't like blow it up till it's like yeah. really like that much thickness. That's all okay. you need because you're still getting that insulation. It doesn't matter as long as you're yeah. laying on the thing and there's a little bit of air in it. You're fine, um, but. You know, I wanted to try, you know, being able to sleep on a diagonal is very hard when, you know, your hammock is forcing it to be a banana. You know what I mean? So you can start with a pad, see if it works for you, and then, you know, graduate to an underquilt. But not only is it the hammock that you got to look at, what type of hammock and the length and the width and all that, but the material that you're using. You know, I've had, um, I think four or five different main hammocks now, I think four. And the, the dream hammock 1.2 Robic fabric, which they don't make now, unfortunately, that offered the right amount of stretch and, uh, weight capacity and width and all that was like the perfect, you know, Goldilocks for me. So it's a, it's a science, man. You just, yeah. And it's an expensive science too, which really sucks. But I was lucky to get it right on the fourth try, but you know, I know people that are still trying. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And they're trying the, with the spreader bars now too. What's that called? The bridge hammocks. Yeah. Have you ever tried one of those? No, but, uh, I think at some point I'm going to. Yeah. The Banyan uh, is really interesting to me. I'm, I'm certainly, so that, I'm definitely going to move to a hammock setup eventually. Um, it's just hard to justify, I don't know, three, four, five hundred dollars for a setup of some sort right mm-hmm. now. When I know that most of the time I go out, I, you know, the kids are like I said, seven and eight. Mm-hmm. You know, when they kick me out of the tent, I feel like right now, like it's better for me to be in the tent for them. If ever they, you know, they wake up at night, they're scared, whatever yeah. might happen. Yeah, young kids. Nightmare, yeah. So I, I want to be there. Uh, but I feel like by the time they're 12, they're going to kick me out of the tent. So that's when I'll buy myself a hammock. <laughs> there you go. There's your opportunity. <laughs> and now is, yeah, it's a good opportunity. It's, is your, do you have to sleep in an angle with your hammock? I choose to just cause it's flat. If you don't, then you're, okay. you're just sloped. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And then you you have that that thing that you hang on your ridge line that you can put your phone to as well. Yeah, ridge line organizer. These, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, the whole thing about it seems so. <laughs> for me, it seems it, it, interesting because I always leave my pack in the vestibule of my mm-hmm. tent, anyways. Yeah. For some odd reason, I never bring it in. Yeah. Um. So. So for me, leaving it underneath my my hammock, I don't think will bother bother me. And uh, yeah, I need. I only slept once in a hammock, and it was a the Costco hammock, just like the chillax, cheap, cheap, cheap Costco hammock that yeah. forces you to be in a banana. Yeah. But I had brought it on a portage trip once, and my buddy Pierre, who has his real hammock that he has to sleep in a in an angle, he said, just 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 put your pad in there and sleep at an angle in it. It'll it'll bring you pretty flat. Yeah, it will. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll get a good you know you'll get a good idea it was the best sleep i've ever had i've never slept this well yeah and i didn't even have like a cover or anything it was a beautiful night right Uh, yeah or or if you have one of those uh what is it it's like a z what is it z not the z seat but the the z seat version of the sleeping pad i forget what it's called yeah yeah yeah. that that's a really good pad to to start with too apparently because it's flatter and you can actually move it at an angle yeah to put it in there. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's that's for sure interesting. But um and and the other thing I heard you I want to say quote unquote complain or, or, or have concerns is is the wind is a challenge oh. when you're in a hammock, right? Yeah, but you know what? That wasn't a challenge until I was on the AT. The wind blows <laughs> the wind blows harder on the AT for sure. I don't know why. It's because you're on the ridge. Is that right? Yeah, it me for sure. Yeah, I've never experienced wind like that in my life. I'm sure people just yeah. thought, oh, this guy, you know, yeah, well, the, guy. most guys are on a tent, you know, I'm in, I'm hanging yeah. in the middle of the air and the wind's blowing right at me. It's hard. It yeah, was cold some nights. What is it? Is, is it, do you feel the, is it, does it bother you that the wind hits you or is it, or is it chilly? Like, does it get you cold? So whenever the, so you, you, you know how down works. So you, you spend in all this yeah. time, like when you first get in your bag, it's freezing, right? And as your body heats up and traps uh, the warmth in between the down feathers, it, it kind of makes you warm. So every time the wind blows, it actually takes all that warmth out of those down feathers and you have to rewarm your, oh. your quilt up. And so every time the wind blew or a constant wind, you would, you could never just heat up your underquilt. So that was an issue. Oh, that was a big issue for me. Oh, okay. So, so it's okay. I didn't know if it was just like, you know, it, like if it's just a bother or if it got you actually cold. No, it was cold. Yeah. But, but that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, but now you're going to have to transition to a tent if you go do the PCT. You won't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, apparently so you can, apparently you can do it in a hammock. I just don't want to be limited. You know what I mean? I'd rather have the full experience. Oh man, you see some of the places we camp oh, at the top of a ridge. I can't yeah, wait. No, you want yeah, I gotta make it happen, man. I, I can't. I gotta. You have to. Yeah. You absolutely uh-huh. have to. So, so if you if you gun to your head right now, had to pick a sleeping pad and all that kind of setup, what's on your mind? What's on what, on the horizon? Uh, so I know it's not gonna be a Thermarest X Therm or X Light because I just I don't think the the baffle design or whatever you want to call it, the little bubbles things, I don't think that works. I think I need some kind of quilted pattern. Um, what is it? Nemo? I forget the... Yeah, the Nemo Tensor. Yeah, that one. I, that People have been recommending that a lot. It's expensive, but I think I'm going to look into it. Maybe I'll reach out, see if they want to you know, send me something. I don't know. I'm hoping. Cause yeah, I, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm in the process of buying a house. We talked about this earlier. So 
There, there's, there's a money restriction now, and I, I'm really, really trying to put a few hundred dollars a month away for the AT, or excuse me, the PCT, PCT. because yeah. I made a promise to myself when I was on the AT that I, you know, five years PCT, it's time. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to, you know, waste any money on, you know, just random gear to try it out. I need to, I need to do more research on it. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, well, speaking of the house, so, but you just finished renovating the basement of that house. Is that, do you own that house? Or? I do. I do own this house. We're, uh, we're going to be selling this house that we're going to be closing in the beginning of July. And then we're going to be selling this house the way the real estate business is going right now. Hopefully it sells really fast. Cause it's crazy. A house will go Good. up for sale Good. and then two days later it's pending. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for you. So, are you looking for the same area, or just something a little big? Yeah, or? we're literally moving right across the street. It's like 0.2 miles away. So, oh, so you've already found the, the yeah, next house? yeah. We're in the process. We're pretty close to closing or getting a closing date. And that'll be easy for the kids uh, for the for, for your stepson as well. For sure, yeah. Being, staying close and all yeah. that. Yeah. So you're talking uh, you're talking about the PCT in five years. So I'm assuming, um, in your life plan, at, at the very least, kids might not be right now. They may be. <laughs> They may be. My wife okay. is uh, the most understanding, wonderful woman, and hopefully <laughs> she's watching this. But no, no, she really is. She's really understanding. She's down to earth. She's also a hiker. She she loves uh, yeah. you know, long, the long distance trails, the seventy mile trail that I was talking about, Laurel Highlands. She did that with me, um, and she knows okay. where I'm coming from. So yeah. it's going to be a decision on you know if we decide to have another kid. So we have two step kids right now. If we decide okay. to have another kid, will I want to leave? She's yeah. okay with it, but will I be yeah. okay with it is the thing. Yeah. I'm hoping, it's... but I don't know. You know, I've never had yeah. a child of my own flesh and blood. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's, uh, yeah, it'd be, uh, it, it would be hard for me, but I'm, I'm pretty close with my kids. Um, I mean, most people are, I guess, but, uh, we, there's, you know, there's there's a thing that I talk a lot about. Like I was talking with the guys, we were just out. <clears throat> we did some really long and hard days, like really challenging physically. But but there's something to be said when you share these kinds of endeavors with people. Mm-hmm. The, you know, you become real. Well, just like with your family, you become really close in a weird way yeah. that's hard to explain. Right. And 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 I say I'm close with my kids. And what I mean by that is is I've I've done with them some really some really crazy cool stuff like you know rosie was two and a half the first time she came back camping with me we went on a bike packing trip for four days she was in diapers 24 7 at the time cool right mm-hmm. uh when we did mount mansfield the first time i can't remember their age but it would have been three and a half four and a half or through four and a half five and a half and we were on the mount it's a three and a half hour round trip for adults we were on the mountain for nine wow. hours wet in mud <laughs> dehydrated yeah. and it's just like these these and i go with my cousin and he's got four kids too so it makes it easier but like like there's there's a bond that gets created by doing these things so for me at least it'd be hard like i when i leave for five days that's the only people i think about is my wife and my kids like kids really have a way to change you. <laughs> yeah i'm seeing that after only a short time yeah they really do mm-hmm. yeah yeah, you get you get used to, to to them crawling into your bed in the morning to wake you up and putting their their hands in your face. Like th- it's these things, like these small little, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, 
um, running, you know, at that age too, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, when's, they're the ones that are going to be running, you walk into the house and they're running over to you and, you know, nobody else greets you like that, right? At that age, no. it's, it's, a, it's a special moment, yeah. Yeah, not even my dog. <laughs> yeah, he's sleeping on the couch, yeah. He's <laughs> sleeping on the couch. Right. So, uh, yeah, but the PCT will, uh, you know, all of these things, um, they, they, they're so fascinating to me. I really hope one day, you know, things will line up and, and, and they'll work. And mm -hmm. I know you talk about making it happen. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a, it's a timing issue where I'm like, well, you know, until the kids are 16, I don't know what the, the age is, but I feel like, I, I just feel like it's not the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and I am seeing that more and more, but you know, yeah. then I remember the promise that I made and how, how much yeah. it changed, my, you know, how much my through hike changed my life for the better. I wouldn't have any of this yeah. going on right now if it wasn't for that hike. You know what I mean? So. Well, and, and, and that's something that you, uh, it takes a lot of guts and I don't know to which, to which extent, extent you've opened up to us, the listeners, you know what I mean? Like, like as, as a YouTuber or as a person who puts themselves in front of the camera, like you'll, you'll allow the subscribers in and I don't know to which extent, and I'm, I'm sure that you probably left some on the table and kept some for yourself. Yeah. Right. And like, like, like a lot of things, but, and that's fine, but you really, like I said, like I, your call it your psychological journey <laughs> really sh was came through in your yeah. hike personally. And, um, yeah, I could see the smile from, from, from Jason at the beginning and at the end, although there's a beard <laughs> in your face yeah. now. It's a different it's a different smile. It's a different it's a different uh, willingness to le willingness to live. It's a different happiness. Mm -hmm. And and so how, how you know, how would you explain that? When I got on the trail, I was not in a good place. Um, I won't go fully into everything. Yeah, that's fine. But I wasn't I wasn't doing too good, and Chrissy can be the first one to attest to that. Um, over the course of several months, something in my mind sparked that, you know, this whole acceptance thing. Um, I don't know what it, what happened or why it happened. Uh, I just think I quieted my mind enough to where it started to heal itself as lame as that sounds um no it's true i i needed that hike man i don't know where i'd be without that hike right now it was such an emotional journey for me and that's i had a documentary uh a journey of the soul is what i called it and it, it for, for me i i took so long to make that because i wanted to try and reach like i didn't give a crap if anybody watched it or not i really didn't but the 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 people or person that I was targeting would have been in my same position before I left for the trail. And I was trying to speak to those people to just do it. Yeah. Just stop thinking about it. Go do it. See what it fixes. The worst thing you could lose is nothing. You know what I mean? You're, you're not going to lose anything by trying. You can get another job. You can